Hello, welcome to Chapter 3 Podcast, the show for readers of science fiction, fantasy, and romance. This is Season 2, Episode 25. Today, me and Leanna are back to continue with our first law, first law read-along to discuss A Little Hatred by Joe Abercrombie, which is very exciting. Um, more new material for me. I should have grabbed my UK edition so we'd have some... Oh yeah, so we'd have something different. That's true. It's okay. Um, I do... I like these these books like the covers are nice they have a nice texture to them oh they're like kind of parchmenty mm -hmm. the ones are not uh, the uk ones have like foiling Ooh, yeah. fancy yeah it's interesting to me like, this is not what we're talking about. i mean it kind of is but like usually <laughs> to me or what i've observed in particular with fantasy books um the uk versions will be like much more white it'll be like white with like a splotch of color or something and then the u.s versions are usually more jewel toned and with Abercrombie books, it's the exact opposite. Like the U.S. editions are white with a splotch of color. Yeah. And the U.K. editions are all jewel toned. That's really interesting. I wonder if it has to do with people's ideas about it being grimdark fantasy. Like different sensibilities. I mean, the U.S. editions look more like a grimdark book. And the U.K. Mm -hmm. editions look more like um, they are directly referencing the history that he's inspired by. That's true. So... But yeah, it's just an interesting. Like, as I it feel like no, you're so right. many no, books it's the other way around. Mm -hmm. That's true. Interesting. Um, so this was great. I really liked it. So good. <laughs> Did I overhype it? I don't think so. Because you said, I think you said it's like really good, but still not as good as the other stuff in the series is basically, as the later books in this trilogy. Well, I just said that A Little Hatred is amazing. Then Trouble yeah. with Peace is really incredible. And I was like, you can't beat that. And then Wisdom of Crowds did beat that. And I was like, what? <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, I, w I think I went in expecting to like it better than the first trilogy or some things about it better. And I did. I liked it a lot. I think I think I ended up giving it four and a half stars and rounded it up on Goodreads. So it didn't wasn't like a runaway favorite book, but I, our friendship is over. <laughs> I'm out of here. Sorry. Um but I did really like it a lot and it was fun. I had a really good time mostly reading it. Um yeah. I feel like from a technical perspective, like his writing has just gotten better and better and better. And so like from a technical perspective, comparing this to the blade itself, this is much more technically like proficient and is a lot more, mm -hmm. is a lot better executed. But I also like, I didn't know really how to put it into words. And I kind of like how he put it into words when um he was talking about, because he was himself kind of like crapping on the original trilogy, which I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> but um, he then allowed, he was like, but you know, there's sort of like a, uh, a fierce exuberance about your first trilogy there's like this enthusiasm in it that like no matter how good your writing gets later like you mm -hmm. know it's more polished but there's like a you can't really capture that like first book like yeah. spirit and I was like I know what you mean reading the first mm -hmm. series like there is just something about it that like on every like if you did it on a rubric and you're checking boxes yeah Age of Madness on every single chart like is better than the original trilogy but there is something so like my first book guys <laughs> it's like you can't really like recapture that spirit yeah. yeah yeah no I mean I I really liked the first trilogy a, a lot I do agree with you I think his writing clearly has improved in I mean and we've kind of seen it in the last books that we've been re been reading uh I really just enjoyed a lot of the character perspectives I like I mean, if you're reading an Abercrombie book and you're not enjoying the characters, then you're not enjoying the book. I mean, that's, yeah, that's the whole thing. <laughs> that is pretty. Yes, that is accurate. Uh, and I, I would say that the the great thing about this is that I enjoyed many more of the character perspectives than I think I did in the first trilogy. So there were some character perspectives in that that I just love. And then others that I was like, eh. whereas this, I feel like I'm more consistently enjoying the majority of the perspectives we're in at least and enjoying all of the main perspectives at least. So that I think has been a positive thing. I'm liking that we're getting POVs from female characters who are really interesting, different people. And we'll get more, you know, I'm sure get more into that. And it's just funny and it's fun to see. Um, I think it's fun too, but these aren't really books that I feel like you need to be clear what you mean by fun when you talk about Abercrombie because like these books yeah. are not 
fun the way that like carry on my rainbow rowl is fun no (laughs) (laughs) what i was gonna say is no but i mean there is humor that i found very funny like you know it's often but it's gallows humor it is gallows humor but it it is funny and sometimes even more so than other books i think by him and what i was gonna say is fun about this is seeing characters from earlier books later on seeing them oh, be yeah. parents that part is also a lot of fun I or think also characters you- that are not parents just also just being around yeah that too yeah because so. like i've said before that like some of it is more integral to the plot um that like it's good to have read stuff before but also there's a lot of stuff that's not integral to the plot that it's good mm-hmm. to have read stuff before just because of the flavor that it adds. Because like you don't need to know who that character is in the background right. to get what's going on. You can absolutely read it and enjoy the book without knowing that. But it's just a little bit more fun if you do know who that person is in the background. So like why yeah. not give yeah. yourself the most fun version of this? Well, it is interesting and I don't want to get into too much detail until we get to our spoiler section. But you would have such a different experience reading this book having not read anything else starting here with some of the plot points. Well, I was going to ask you, like, um, because I'm always, you know, people say, where do I start? And I'm like, technically you can start here. I'm not going to say you can't, Mm -hmm. but ideally you read the stuff that came before it. So I was going to say, like, if you were now, if someone came to you and was like, you've read all of First Law, which you haven't yet, but you're very close. You've Mm -hmm. read all of First Law. Um, where should I start? Can I start with the newest thing? Do I have to read his older stuff? Like, you know, if they were asking you, what would you say? Uh, I mean, I think it would really depend on the person. I think starting here would be an interesting thing. If you did start here, I would probably then go back after and read it. And I think it would just be a different order of learning information. I, I just think it's an interesting concept, though, because there are some really critical information that you don't have going into this book if you're reading it for the first time um and so your experience with it would just be very different mm-hmm. and Which i don't I feel know- like i i don't know if i've had the opportunity to talk to somebody that started here because i really would like to kind of know yeah. how they experienced this book when they don't yes. have the information that yes. and as someone that has read everything before it does have well and i was as i was reading it Ooh, okay. We're gonna have to talk more about this in spoilers because I have, I have, I have some thoughts. It's really interesting though because he does a really good job of not giving away that information for the majority of the book if you don't already know it. And so I could imagine that there could be some like really shocking twists in this book if it's where you're starting. Me, who like, I mean, again, we'll we'll talk specifics when we get to spoilers, but like. I'm reading it as somebody that did know and clearly this is something that like he's like you said he doesn't he keeps he withholds the information yeah. for a very large portion of the book and it got to the point when I was reading it the first time I was like is he never going to actually tell anybody that this is like because like he I could would, write yeah. it this way yeah. like he could write yeah. it where like he could no one actually know. ever knows mm-hmm. and I'd be like that would be so crazy if you like never and then I think I did ask him yeah uh, and again I'll keep it spoiler free right now I asked him like if he ever considered like keeping all of that information a secret and he was like absolutely not he's like you're just like leaving drama there to like untapped like it's, that's, true. it's just like sitting there like of course that's gonna of course they're gonna find out and i was like i mean when you put it like that yeah i mean yeah yeah no it's it's very true uh yeah 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 so no i think i think you could start here I just think that if you did start here you should then go back and read it i think it depends i think what also the would change of- just change your interaction with this book it would change your interaction with the original trilogy because then now you have spoilers for the original trilogy as well right, right. so then i i think i did ha- actually i come to think of it i did have somebody maybe it wasn't like somebody that i talked to but like just in the comments or something mm-hmm. that was saying how it was kind of fun because they did start here to mm-hmm. regard the books that came before it as like a prequel the yeah. way that like this is like how we got to that point so like, even though you already know some things that you wouldn't know if you did actually start at the beginning yeah um that it didn't ruin it because it was like oh but like how on earth did we get there like because it's not obvious in the beginning of the book how we'd end up in the point that i know we must end up at based on what i know from a little hatred so like it can i'm told <laughs> be uh, interesting yeah. to read it that way i could see it being interesting i think that especially for readers who uh 
who struggle with pacing in books and are less likely to want to continue or give an author a chance if they really didn't have a good time with their first outing, I would start here. Because I do think that the first book, your first time reading it, is a little bit of a rough start. It is a little slow. And I think especially for people who don't have a lot of patience with slower pacing that doesn't feel like it's going anywhere. Like well, this is where, like, too, when I was saying how, like, on a technical level, like, he's obviously improved. And I think he's learned from past I don't know that I would say mistakes, but, you know, like he's learned from the past that like writing his original trilogy the way he did, where it was kind of like one book in three parts was yeah. like leaving people going, where is this going? This is meandering. Right. And so even though it's still very character based and even though it's not at all necessarily clear where this is all going to go, when you read mm-hmm. a little hatred, it doesn't quite have that like, where is this going feeling? So he's like, no, not, not to the same job, extent, like yeah. not leaving you like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I agree. And I actually think I could see a world in which reading this first and then treating the original trilogy as a prequel would kind of solve that problem because you know where it's going. So I think for people who are going to We have some ready, idea of like where it, right. where it has to right. achieve in the next few right. books. Well, and you also have enough information that you're going to be catching more interesting things your first read through. So I actually don't think this would be a bad place to start, bad place to start, especially for people who are more sensitive to some of those things. But But it does. I feel like the experience of reading the last argument of King is the first time you just won't get that. And like that is quite an experience. It is an experience. First time. It's true. So I'm just like, ideally, you read everything from the beginning in chronological. I can see how there would be. A pretty good amount of enjoyment doing it the other way around but i still think the superior experience is necessarily chronological order but do you only think that because it's your experience because no. you know what we i are have never... facts to support this <laughs> <laughs> because you know what we are never going to experience we are never going to experience reading a little hatred and being completely shocked and emotionally gutted by a revelation i would beg to differ I know what it's, I don't know what it's like to be shocked, but I do know what it's like to be emotionally gutted by that. Because even though I already, it's not that I'm finding out this information, I'm emotionally gutted by these characters finding out this information. I mean, that's true, but it's different. It's a different, because you see it coming, you know? Anyway, okay. All right. I'm just, I'm just saying. I just also don't think that that information, because he knew that everyone who's reading, or a lot of people who are reading this book do already know so he yeah. didn't really design it as the bombshell that last argument of kings is where it was designed to be a bombshell here it's like it might be a bombshell to you if you really ne- didn't read anything before it but he's assuming it's also not a bombshell to a lot of people you know it's not yeah. like all designed around the fact that you're gonna have a bombshell i mean i guess for me and maybe this is because i'm a romance reader oh i shouldn't say that <laughs> okay Never mind. Anyway, I think for me, it would have been a bombshell. Um. <laughs> I'm dying to know what you were about to say. <laughs> oh, my gosh. For me, it would have been a bombshell, I guess. So we'll talk more about it when we get to spoilers. Other things that are not spoilers before we, I mean, we're like talking around this whole thing. Oh, my gosh. Um, we haven't really talked at all, though, about like kind of like the vibe and tone and how this is yeah. this is very very different from it is. the original trilogy yeah it is uh i mean it's like it's another reason i say to read things in order because people also want to read the trilogy and then skip the standalones and then just go here and i'm like if you skip the standalones it will be like it's fairly jarring how much the world has changed mm-hmm. whereas if you read the standalones you've seen the like technological progress of the world so when you get to a little hatred it's not like what yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah okay yeah this is we've seen this going on and, right yeah I mean, Glockta now has a a, a, a wheelchair. <laughs> That's not really the technological progress that I was referring to, but, but also, it is, yes. But it is also technological progress. No, but I mean, there it is different. It is more um, industrialized and it's, you know, the history behind it, which we could get into also, is really interesting. It feels a lot like the French Revolution. I'm sure there's other things as well and that are like inspiring And, like, the Industrial it. Revolution. And the, yes, yeah, and the Industrial Revolution. And it's touching on a lot of things in terms of, you know, situations for factory workers and workers' rights issues and, you know, kind of the, the wealthy oppressing the poor and them finally I mean, rising up. And those, I mean, the know. way that, like... Uh, the mechanization industrialization of uh you know various things made them more wide scale 
uh, a large scale, it does the same thing for Grimdark. Grimdark on a grand scale, because the every atrocity you can think of, if you can mechanize that atrocity, now atrocity is also on a ma massive scale. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it is very reminiscent too of books that I read during kind of that time period that were talking about workers' rights and stuff, for instance. So, um, yeah, it's it's interesting from a... It's even more apparent. I mean, it's somewhat apparent when you read um, any of his books, but it's even more apparent in these books how much of a student of history he is. Yeah, I agree. Like it wears its influences on its sleeve a bit. Yes. Yeah, this one I think is a little bit... A, a, a little bit more obvious for probably for most readers even if you don't really know it I feel like you'll probably kind of pick up on some of the vibes of that yeah, yeah. I mean it like the stuff that might go over people's heads is like if he's referencing like specific situations within those time periods but everyone knows Madame la guillotine everyone mm -hmm. knows like the Oliver Twist orphan in a factory type thing like these are yeah. images that are widely known yes yeah I don't think those are that's hard to pick up on and we have a lot of really great characters. I should go without love. saying in an Abercrombie book. Of course, <laughs> yeah. But I love Sabine so much. <laughs> She's fantastic. I knew you would. Oh my gosh. She's so my character. Uh, yeah, no, I love Sabine. I think she is wonderful. I One thing that I actually also was thinking about that I appreciate about this book is we have two sort of main female POV characters. We have Sabine and Rex. Rika, is it Rika? Okay. Um, and they are both these very strong, fierce women who are in some ways complete opposites. And I love that. I love the representation of strong women that can be more and less feminine because I think sometimes we have traditionally gotten a lot of these represent representations of like, oh, if you're like a strong woman, it looks like a specific thing. And I think the contrast of the two of them is so interesting and compelling. And they're well, both he does such interesting people. A study in contrast twofold, because what you just said about Savine and Rika is equally true of Leo and Orso. Where yeah. They're both men who are sort of ineffectual, but in extremely different ways. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, that's <laughs> also really accurate. And, uh, you know, both uh, clearly like strong women around them as well. So, um, yeah, no, it's 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 interesting seeing the two of them and even seeing the two of them interact, I thought was kind of cool in one scene. Well, we see that quartet interact. We do. All of them with each other, mm -hmm. which yes. is a very like we're getting kind of into spoilers by saying that. But like it's I feel like we talked about this when we talked about the blade itself, that like how quickly he got us it, it, despite all the oh, it's meandering. Where's it going? But nevertheless, in the blade itself, this is book one. Mm -hmm. And when in book one, your perspectives are meeting, it already feels like, oh, my God, our perspectives are meeting. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. So the same thing in A Little Hatred. When our perspectives are meeting, yep. we're already like, oh my god, they're meeting. Oh, crazy, crazy, yep. crazy. <laughs> it's true. Oh, man, it's true. No, it's it's really good. And they're all just such interesting characters and their interactions with each other are so interesting. But I just, I, I love Savine and she is exactly what... <laughs> The child of Artie and Glockto would be. As I think I said before, before you read it, I was like, Sabine is, if if Glock, if you were like, what would Glockta and Artie's kid be like? Her. Sabine. <laughs> Sabine. Yeah, 100%. And um, that's, that is just so much fun to read. I think she is one of my favorite kinds of characters as this, like, completely, you know, ruthless, but also super feminine <laughs> woman she's so interesting and i really i really like her a lot so yep. it was fun to read her yeah i love sabine i mean my personal favorite is ortho but mm -hmm. i mean it's an abercrombie book so all of the characters are well written and really yeah. fun to read about yeah no and i mean i liked Orso as well i just think seeing the he, he did such a good job with depicting what the children of certain parents would be like, which I don't know that well, I've both seen a lot of writers do that very well. Both being the children of those individuals and also how they grew up, yes. like what what position they were in. Because like um, I hadn't thought of it in these terms um, until uh, Abercrombie. 
described it this way. And I was like, yeah, that's a good point. That's a really good point as to how this series is different is that in the first law trilogy, everyone is pretty much like a loner that they're Mm -hmm. already, they're not part of any family unit. They're not with parents. They're not with spouses. They are on their own, all of them. And most people in the age of madness are very much part of family units. They're very much still part of like parents and spouses and like it's like all of them so it's it's by necessity extremely different in terms of the situations they're each in Mm -hmm. yeah no i mean i think that's definitely true and it's it's interesting to see how the family dynamics end up playing out in a lot of those cases but again like i was saying i don't i don't know that i can think of a whole lot of authors especially in fantasy who do something like this where we see parents and we see their children and we see like oh yes it completely makes sense that that's who they would be given who raised them and what we already know uh i just feel like that takes so much talent to be able to do that so well most of what he i mean that's like a lot of Abercrombie books like he makes it look easy but the so much of what he does is actually like really difficult to do which is why most books aren't as good (laughs) but um he also uh dang it i forgot it was something to do with that about how what they would be like oh um the fact that the inclination for less good authors would be to lean on fan favorite old characters right and while he has them in there and that's fun they never Mm -hmm. overshadow the main characters like they're in there when they need to be and it's fun to see them Mm -hmm. and it's it's not like they're totally gone but he's not like leaning on that like you're not reading this book to see galacta like maybe you picked it up because you wanted to see where galacta but mm-hmm. you're not here for him. He's there because he would. Mm-hmm. It did, wouldn't make sense for him not to be there. Right. But it's not his book, and so he's not like. There's so many like. Uh, I think movies and TV shows do this more, maybe, but I think books do it too. Where like, it's technically a new series. It's technically a new generation. It's technically a new crew or whatever it's going to be, mm-hmm. and then they just like have these hangers on from before, and like all the good lines are given to the old characters. All the screen time is given to the old characters, and you're like, can we let the new characters breathe and like? <laughs> get their own chance to become your favorite and he's really good at like mm-hmm. passing the torch to the new cast yeah no i would i would definitely agree with that because it is fun to see them but they are in the background on the side and not they not overstay their welcome right <laughs> yeah there's a lot of knockouts jeff <laughs> it's really good and there's a lot of really interesting new characters to follow well, up with and also for being a more industrial world and you would think a therefore less magical one. This is a more magical series because one of our yeah. POV characters is a magic user. So yeah. it actually has more on-page magic than the others. Yeah, which is pretty interesting. And it's interesting, too, that she, I mean, I would imagine has epilepsy is kind of what it seems like, but has like visions when she has, um, they call them fits in the book, but um, convulsions and stuff. So it's... Yeah, that's kind of interesting, turning that into a more magical thing. Yeah, um, and I think it's, I don't think he's suggesting this in the book per se, but I mean, like, back in the day also, people thought all kinds of, like, spiritual shenanigans were going on. Like, if you mm-hmm. sneak soul after a body, like, if you're having an epileptic fit, a demon is possessing you. Like, people right. have often associated, with like, various conditions and bodily functions with otherworldly things going on. Mm-hmm. So it's not much of a leap for like some hill woman who keeps talking about the moon to be like, when you have a fit, that's because you're seeing the future. And you're right. like, is it though? In this case, yes. Yes. She is definitely seeing the future. Yeah. But like he does that. I mean, it's it's very similar because like this is the exact type of thing mm-hmm. that um it's not fits or anything before. But you know, like when when shivers in earlier books would talk about, I've seen magic, I've seen it done. And he tries to explain it to somebody from a city who's never seen magic, they're like, uh-huh, okay, you thought you saw some some like magic user like shake a tree but like okay so like yeah. if somebody said for that that seems so say shivers is now explaining ricka to somebody like she had a fit and had a dream okay you're telling me magic's real like no it's not so like <laughs> a lot of the magic that abercrombie writes has this like plausible deniability of like right. most like you're taking it on faith that this is magic but like it could be a coincidence it could just be like schizophrenia and epilepsy. Yeah. You're assigning like mystical stuff to. Right. No, it's, yeah, it's interesting. Um, and this, I don't, not really related, but I, it reads to me like 
Leo is probably gay and just doesn't realize it yet. (laughs) (laughs) Or is in denial about it. Or is in denial about it. Yeah. Yeah, so there's a lot of really interesting. Or if not, maybe bi, because like he does also seem to enjoy somewhat with women. Yeah, but he also not. says like he's not like because the the first time we see him in like a sexual situation, he's like, yeah, like I don't really care that much for it, but I get the job done, <laughs> like kind of thing, like for women for like, like women's first. Later so, on in the book, he does seem to be quite he, into it. Yeah, he does with the right person, but then reminds the him of his mother. Of, <laughs> remind, well, or somebody oh. who's like one of the boys. So I'm like, okay, well, there's just I feel like Freud would have a field day with Leo. Oh man, yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. true. Yeah, so that's kind of interesting subtext. That's not, you know, a main part of the plot, but just interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's oh, so many good character beats. And again, like we'll we'll go into specifics or maybe we won't, but like it's just another example of he's written a whole bunch of characters that say and do and think pretty not so great things but like he's not written in a way where you're like does Abercrombie think this but he yeah. also doesn't have those characters constantly he doesn't you don't have to have another character be like you can't say that that is anti whatever like you don't have to write that into the scene for it yeah. to be clear to the audience that you mean us to read this character as being awful right now yeah. <laughs> like it's you don't have to go out of your way to like actively point it out but you can still make it clear that my character is being awful. And I I am on, I agree. I, the author, have written them to be awful here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do we want to get into spoilers or do you have anything else you wanted to talk about before that? Uh, just for anybody that reviewed this and said that this is basically YA. Um, no. YA? Because it has a bunch of female characters in it now. So what? YA. <laughs> Also, I see what you're saying. They're all about teenagers me. and they're all women. And I was like, one of them is a teenager, and only two of them are, or I guess three of them are women. Oh my gosh. Also, I'm guessing this is the book that people were, you know, up in arms about him depicting someone having their period. Yes. Right? It's done well. It's done exactly <laughs> the way he does male perspectives. Like, it's whatever great. thing is happening with you, you're experiencing it. Like, and it would be weird is, if he didn't talk about yeah. that when he wrote her perspective. Well, and I mean, I think it's so interesting, especially from her perspective, because you see kind of the internal side of it. And it is 100%, you know, a thing women deal with and have to just, like, suck it up. When I, I appreciated it being in there, honestly. I'm like, good for you. And I feel like she was the perfect character to show that with, too, because, like, Rika would be like, whatever. Yeah. But Savine is like, we lace up our corset and we grin and bear it. And we yeah. don't tell anybody that we are in agony. Yeah, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> yeah. no, it's, it was perfect. Yep. Um, spoilers? Spoilers. Spoilers. Okay. Uh, so the big thing with this book, right, is this... <laughs> Like incestuous relationship. The big thing. There are many big things. Okay. For me, the big thing of this book, though, was this like incestuous relationship where they were not aware of it. And god damn it, Abercrombie, you made me ship incest. I know. Well done, I guess. (laughs) It was so sad. Well, and you know what? This is the thing she was. I usually hate incest plots, but this was done so well. I was it's like, also okay. it's only an incest plot insofar as like yeah they don't know it but they are it's not like they, they are, know yeah. no they don't know they're like half siblings they have no idea and they as weren't soon raised as together they don't right. no so yeah it's just it's biologically and as soon as she finds out she's like oh my god no so it's, I think the I first mean, thing that she says is I've been sucking my brother's <laughs> cock <laughs> she's like I think I'm gonna be sick. <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of tragic, though, too, because I'm like, oh, man, they because, were like, so okay, good for each other. For the first time, Abercrombie wrote, like, soulmates. You yeah. read that and you're like, this is true love. 
They should be together. This is like other times when we talked about Giselle and Artie, you're like, okay, I guess it's sad, but they would have killed each other. That would not yeah. have been a good relationship. Yeah. And then Artie and Glockta, well, that's not exactly passionate, you know, mm-hmm. but like they 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 work well together. And then Orso and Savine are like, this is perfect. They work well together. They love each other. Like they have hot sex. Like this is, of course they can't be. Of course of, they're fucking brother and sister. Of course they're brothers. <laughs> that's why you let them be a perfect couple because you knew they couldn't be. Oh man, it's so rough. It's so rough. That's what I was going to say earlier is, is because I'm a romance reader, especially, I think if I was reading this and was starting here, I mean, listen, I probably would have like thrown the book across the room. I was going to say too that like Just, um, you reading this, you would be an idiot for assuming that this relationship would go well, even if you didn't know that because, you know, Abercrombie can never let anything go well. Then I was like, but if you're starting here, you don't know that here, yet. You about don't him, know that yet. Which is and- why you shouldn't start here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, emotionally, it would be devastating. I would be so mad. It's devastating. I mean, that's why I was like, is he just like going to not like are the readers just going to like, okay, it's like mm-hmm. an Easter egg. If you've read the books before that they are actually brother and sister, but they have no idea. They will never have any idea. And I was like, maybe they won't find out. Mm-hmm. And that's when he was like, of course they're going to find out. Of course they're going to find would, out. Why would I not have them find that out? That's oh, drama. Oh man. It's so sad. And like, but you know, but it's like, if, because you've read the other books the whole time, you're like, oh no. Oh and and but then they're like and you've made your peace with it by then you're like well i've accepted that your brother and sister why can't you just accept that your brother and sister i'm over it and i'm fine with it (laughs) (laughs) i mean i was just like okay maybe if they just like don't have kids But I mean, um, royalty is so incestuous anyway that i'm like that's true they're only half siblings anyway accurate that is definitely accurate but yeah that was wow that was wow <laughs> that was wow that was wow um it's you know brutal, like because of... arso still doesn't know so he's like she why would i think the perfect woman in the world would want me and you're like she <sighs> did want you she did. She i feel so bad for him you. too because i'm like oh what she did it's just you're her brother <laughs> it's just that i was um this is my fourth time reading it. And when uh, I was talking about it in my Discord, I was like, oh, I'm about to finish my fourth read of A Little Hatred. I wonder if it'll end differently this time. And uh, one of my patrons was like, yeah, maybe this time. I forget what he said. Some Something about it would be different. And then I, under spoiler tags, like maybe Artie will keep her mouth shut this time. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, right. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of like other major th- I feel like that was like the big thing for me that I was very invested in what was going to happen <laughs> yeah but I mean he's setting up a lot yeah the north is always a problem always sour nightfall is a piece of shit like even for an Abercrombie book mm-hmm. and I also like it's so perfect that he's such an awful human Mm -hmm. um and then to have clover and wonderful as like the peanut gallery every time stour is doing something ridiculously awful or saying something ridiculously awful to have clover and wonderful be like he wants to do blah 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 yep i heard that too and this is the guy we want in charge of the north i don't know i guess so we are (laughs) fighting on his side for some reason (laughs) did you you hear what he said now yeah he wants us to do that yeah (laughs) great (laughs) oh man well and then there's like you know how far will baez and co allow uprisings to go before they get stopped I mean, by now, I think you've started paying attention to when there's a two-colored, two-eye-colored man around. Oh, yes, of course. Of course. Um, so, yeah, there's there's a lot happening politically that's interesting. Also, just seeing the, um, the character arc for Savine of going and ending up sort of in all of that and having to survive is interesting and i think you know to some extent mirrors her dad and what happened to him even though it's maybe less extreme well also i love i mean as usual abercrombie like doesn't write it pretty he writes it real where like at savine is like 
she wanted to say, you know, if she just gets through this, she promises to be good, but really, and like, it should have made her more kind hearted and feel mm -hmm. more sympathetic to everyone else around her. But like, as her father always said, like having your own pain just gives you less tolerance for anyone else's. And that she's like, all it did was make her like vow to herself that she would never, ever be in this situation again. She would be richer than ever. She would be safer than ever. She will never be in this kind of danger again, which you're like, yeah, I mean, like, yeah. in a, a more like, I don't know, ideal fantasy world, you'd be have like the kind of snobby rich character be having to be in the gutter and they'll be like, I never knew. And now I will give to charity. Mm -hmm. And Sabine's like, I'm hoarding my wealth. So I will never be in the gutter again. Right. <laughs> You're like, that's also a very, very realistic reaction for her to have. Yeah. Which I mean, I think parallels Vic, who, you know, grew up in camps and stuff and is infiltrating these rebel groups. And they're like, but like, like why why don't you want things to change she's like yeah i have been where you are and i learned you always go with the person who's gonna win yeah, you stand <laughs> like, with the winner so. you stand with the winner yeah yep yeah she's there they both learned not to be kind but to be survivors right yeah exactly yeah. exactly yeah but i also like that they're not also despite the sort of tough exteriors they both i mean savine had a pretty tough exterior before that happened because she was a ruthless businesswoman which is a different mm. kind of tough but it's also like that's not nothing yeah, uh, to be as ruthless as she is in business. But both Vic and Savine, like, they are not not scarred by what they've gone through. Like, Savine clearly is, has PTSD and is just, like, oh, yeah. leaning on that pearl dust. <laughs> just, mm -hmm. just, just a little more <laughs> to yeah. get through the day. <laughs> well, and, you know, I mean, like, you see that paralleling her mother, who is drinking all the time. So, yeah, I mean, she comes by it this is so like this is not a big plot point at all but i just want mm -hmm. to talk about the fencing scene where glockta is watching savine train with bremer dan gorst yeah such a good scene <laughs> and i love that it ends on that's my girl <laughs> like yes papa glockta i love it okay i was like i kind of uh, want glock to be to be my dad like reading that. yeah, <laughs> like, that's, I, I wouldn't hate him. that <laughs> i was sort of heartbroken that she was like like you're not my father like at the end because she Which finds she out he be. technically isn't it makes hmm. sense that she's like reacting that way yeah i mean it makes sense but also, i, mean, I like, know like reading that too it is it does hurt but you're also like i mean yeah if i just found that out that i've been lied to my whole life i'd probably be like a little irrational and acting out about it and being like oh well i'm I've, i feel the fool and i feel mm -hmm. used and lied to and i'm like i'm gonna make you feel little because that's how you made me feel yeah yeah um, then I also appreciate Glock to always imminently practical and being like, you know what? Have your drama later. Right now, it is super dangerous, the position you're in. So shut up and like <laughs> pull it together because we're in public right now. <laughs> yes. Yep. Um, well, and, and, you know, and regardless, like he's who raised her. So, yeah, maybe he's not her biological father, but he is more of a father than you know although then again savine reflects to all the times and the, the king was like weirdly hovering yes and just like say, being like vaguely proud of her yeah <laughs> and she's like okay yeah. i don't feel like you're like coming on to me but like you're like, being what real is... interested i don't yeah. know what this is i'll deal with it later and yeah. be like he's my dad makes sense now <laughs> like, and he oh, knows he's my dad yeah oh yeah he knows yeah uh which speaking of which at the end He's now dead, which I was like, wait, what? Really? I did yeah, not Rick see I that thought coming. the vision was about the dog man, but it was a different chieftain. The yeah. chieftain of the whole of the union. <laughs> yeah, which I I was surprised by. I really didn't see that death coming. And so King that. Arso. Yeah. Better step up, Sonny. Yeah. So that's going to raise a lot of questions as far as what what's next because who knows well, in a lot of so like leo also is finally thou governor um mm -hmm. instead of being under his mother's thumb so like right. by the end of this book everyone's like been leveled up like yep. in, in status so like yeah. they're actually in charge now they're not under the thumbs of their parents right so what will happen next with everything going on i don't know it should be interesting i know <laughs> i know you i know. mean the next book is called the trouble with peace yeah <laughs> that sounds uplifting <laughs> Well, I mean, we have Leo who kind of stupidly didn't kill his enemy when he had the chance. So that's probably going to come back to bite him in the butt. Which again, all the scenes when he's like so proud of himself and then someone is like putting him down. He's like, but I, 
but no, but I, I, I killed him, or I, I, I got his. I'm his friend now, and that's that's a, a that's good, shush. right? I'm. How dare you? How dare you? Oh. I did a brave, amazing, heroic thing. I deserve a parade. Oh man, he is. <laughs> he is something else. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. no one like locked it to dress somebody down. Yeah, no kidding. And then I it makes me wonder too, now that Giselle is dead, like what's gonna happen with Therese? Is she gonna get her lady love back after all these years? <laughs> Who knows? It's not exactly super integral to the plot, but <laughs> no, but I'm just I'm just curious. <laughs> it's been like 30 years. <laughs> it has. Like, is she still alive? Is she in like who knows? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. But I mean, like, like Glockta, so like Leo is like sputtering, but I mean, to everyone's point, what did you achieve, Leo? What is the status of the North right now? Because, okay, you supposedly have the friendship of Stour Nightfall, but the last thing we saw Stour do was kill his uncle. So I don't know what exactly that means for you and your situation, but I don't think anything good. <laughs> yeah, probably not much of anything. I don't think that was appreciated. You probably should have killed him when you had the chance, but uh, didn't. Or like Glockta so... suggested, caught him and brought him as a hostage to ensure the good behavior of uh, Calder and, and uh, Scale. Yeah, but I love how Leo's like, no, I'm ready. I can do this. I don't need my mom. Okay. <laughs> and I love too with it like Rika is pointing out to him. She's like, you know, you're constantly complaining that your mom's always around, and as soon as she's gone, you're upset that she's not around. Like, what do you want, Leo? And he's like, mm -hmm. Well, I want you to not point that out to me right now. <laughs> is that so hard? <laughs> I feel like Rika has some of the best lines in the book. Like she has some great like one-liners. She's so funny. Yeah, I really, I really like her. I think she's interesting and that the whole scene too because we we alluded to this earlier but where the four of them we have kind of like basically they're switching partners because after all this came out um that was that was interesting i mean i love savine and rika exchanging necklaces yeah <laughs> and i love them noticing it after yeah, the dudes they are like the necklaces. that looks like something Rika had before that's weird that she's wearing it and then like mm -hmm. more so being a really incongruous emerald like, wow, necklace look at those beautiful emeralds so strange <laughs> that's really one of these is not like the others <laughs> yeah uh, I kind of just want like a little side plot where they go do a girls weekend somewhere <laughs> you know I like, I like too that like Leo is like pissed off that he has to share his glorious parade with Orso but then he actually talks to Orso and he's like you're all right I like you mm -hmm. And then Orso's like, eh, I'm going to leave now. <laughs> like, he's like, they're, they are they cheering for you. They're yeah. not cheering for me. So bye-bye. Right. Yeah. Which is, I feel like, the thing throughout the book where Orso's reputation, as we've heard, is all... Rick is the first to be like, what, is he going to fuck his way through the North or whatever? Like, the he's got a pretty awful reputation. But almost every single time a character meets Orso, they're like, you're all right. Like, mm -hmm. you're a lot better than I expected. He's yeah. like yeah you know yeah <laughs> my the expectations you had for me were like down here so it was not hard to clear that bar for you but i'm glad i did <laughs> yeah but it is interesting because he feels like he has shoes that are too big to fill without realizing that his dad wasn't all that which is that when he starts to realize too he's like maybe this is why my dad is the way he is because mm -hmm. he can't get anything done because yeah it's impossible yeah that was interesting going around and like so you're saying it's about politics. It's always about politics. Oh, I love that. That was like one of those types of like very Abercrombie thing. sequences oh, it where it's like so a repetition of scenes mm -hmm. that yep. all end the same way. That was like excellent. it's always about the power. It's always, about, always the about the money. It's always about the politics. Yes. Yeah. That was very Abercrombie. I loved it. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. I don't, I'm trying to think if I have anything else specific, like other specific thoughts I had on this one. I mean, um, for in terms of the book being amusing and funny, I think mm -hmm. all the credit for that goes to Iserna Fail, Clover, and Rika. Like all the really funny parts are them. Yeah. I mean, I actually thought Savine was pretty funny sometimes. But not too. like really in like a haha way. Like she'll have like witty barbs and I'm like, ooh, mm -hmm. nice one. But like Clover, I'm like, oh my god, you're funny. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I think Savine is like more 
situationally funny. Like she gets into situations that I found funny. I don't know. But yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Clover has me busting a gut. Yeah. I Did he it. remind you of Casca? Reminds me of Casca a little bit. I I remembered that you had said that, and I can I can see it. Mm-hmm. And I think him and I mean, well, Wonderful is dead now because he immediately killed her. Didn't think about it, mm-hmm. but uh, his all of his little like witticisms about like taking care of your feet because like you could get through a battle without taking your sword out, but you won't get through a battle without using your feet. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> good point. True. <laughs> and a certain fail. All of the like witty barbs she has every time uh rick is complaining about stuff and is yeah. there, like cuts her down again it's always funny it's true i forget if it's a cern or rick one of them for sure is talking about how like all these oh it's when they're um they're like healing the wounded and and um the you know it's you know the wounded they're healing them okay. and um and like rick is like saying that she should be more gentle she's like a gentle here is the last thing that you'd want you know because this is like tough work to like sew somebody up or whatever and like maybe like the the dudes would do less of it if they ever actually came over here to see their work done but no that's women's work um <laughs> but at some point one of them are talking about like how the songs are all written about all the killing and dying um no one ever wrote a song about like a baker or a fisher and they're like fighting and dying like is that behavior to encourage like one of them specifically says that <laughs> i was like i mean right <laughs> yeah <laughs> you have a point yeah we haven't talked about gunner broad at all right Uh, the way that his plot line converges with savines which is not something you would have expected when you start the book yeah yeah i mean i think well again i mean i think this i guess just all gets back to all the the issues with industrialization i guess and Mm-hmm. I do wonder to who is the what is it the weaver? Who is the weaver? Who is the weaver? That is the question. Mm-hmm. No one really wants to own up to it, do they? No. Oh no, I got I that mean, name. A different person. Yeah. I mean, I would wonder if you know it's maybe one of the like magical puppet master people. One <laughs> of the magical puppet master people. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of, I love all the times that, like, there's at least three times in the book where Savine reflects on the fact that, right, right, I never do business with Valentin Balk. And, like, Glockta actively is like, don't, don't take money do from Valentin yeah, Balk. Yeah, he says I it know, to her I know, I know. Like, I know, yeah, dad, okay, I know. He's like, I'm serious. <laughs> this is not a joke. <laughs> well, and isn't there a thing, too, where um, I, I want to say Orso goes to talk to... I think it's Orso doing it when he goes to when he goes to talk to Glockta and is like, oh, there's that painting he looks at of some like bald bureaucrat. And I'm like, I don't think that's a bureaucrat. <laughs> well, I think he thinks to himself that like when he meets Baez, um, mm-hmm. he's like, he doesn't look anything like his statue out on the. Yeah. Which is what most people think. They're like, he just looks like a, a banker. Yeah. <laughs> Not like a mage. Right. Yeah. No, but it's interesting that it seems like Glockta has a, a portrait of him in his office <laughs> to remind him. The real boss. Yeah. But I do like in this book how, like, Giselle seems very kingly. Like, when you're like, yeah, like, this fits totally. You're like, mm-hmm. that he's quite majestic. And you're like, he'd probably be, like, a, an inoffensive and ineffectual but vaguely nice king. Yep. And the like that his, uh, his mustaches are now more... Uh, gold-tinted silver than silver-tinted gold. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was yep. genuine. It was very sad to see him go because you're like, oh, just now. Yeah. Just, my asshole. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and, like, Therese is such a awful mom, too, yeah. to Orso. Yeah. And the way Orso snaps back at her. You're like, you, can see, you can see why Orso is the way he is when his mom is, like, nothing's ever good enough for her. Yeah. And, like, when he says something about, like, her, he didn't think that she could possibly be proud of him. And she's like, well, if you finally did something for me to be proud of. And I think Giselle also says something to me, like, I think, you know, your mother was even smiling, which, you know. And he says, smiling. He says, too, something about, like, I try never to disagree with her. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. Also, shivers. I just love seeing shivers. Yeah. And how mm-hmm. I love, too, that Shivers and Isern are, like, just, like, Uncle Shivers and Aunt Isern are, like, the vibe. And then when outsiders see them, like, when Orso is, like, 
is that guy with you? Is that lady with you? You have some fearsome retainers. She's like, nah, that's just shivers. That's just discern. And they're like the stuff of nightmares. <laughs> or yeah. the, like shivers with his like silver eye. <laughs> He's like, oh, that's just shivers. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, it was good. It was fun. I mean, I think I I generally really liked it. I had a good time with it. Now, do you have any theories? Because like that was the first thing that I was theorizing. She has a very clear vision in the beginning of the book about the animals eating each other. <sighs> yeah, which is confusing. Like, who's the owl? I don't know. It was I also I was like, what? I, what? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't spend a lot of time thinking very hard about it, to be honest, because it. I was like, you know, um, Abercrombie hasn't played with prophecy before in his books. This is a, the only time. It's true. <laughs> Definitely. And he's also given us reason to, because like, uh, if he just threw out her her dreaming that, you'd be like, I don't know, it might pay off or it might not. He's also proven to us many times that he'd be like, oh, you thought this would pay off? Lol, it doesn't pay off. Right. But he also went out of his way to show us that Rick's visions, they come true right. in this book. So you're like, okay, so that means that whatever that animal thing was, like, probably going to come true in some way or other. Because right. so far, she's like, you know, three for three. Right. But what does that mean exactly i don't know exactly um yeah i i don't honestly i don't really know <laughs> what what to expect i mean i guess like the the big question okay i guess if i was going to theorize anything it would probably be that ultimately we're going to get to some kind of a farce of a democracy at the end of the trilogy. That's what I think. I don't know how we'll get there exactly. But do you think her vision portends or this is just a separate prediction? I don't know about the vision. I'm sure it's involved somehow. I don't, I don't have any real theories about the vision, to be honest. Um, and it's probably maybe intersect with that. But if I was going to theorize about like where, where things are going to end up at the end of the trilogy, that would be my guess, is that things are going to get maneuvered. Because um, it makes sense, like, we're kind of following this, like, historical trajectory, but still Baez is kind of pulling the strings with it. So I feel like we're going to end up at a place where it's, like, a farce of democracy and capitalism with still the same people kind of at the forefront, like, behind the scenes. That's that's where I think we might end up at the end of the series. So I don't know. That's like, so the needle the didn't move. Just the window dressing changed. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that would be my guess. Yes. We shall see. Yeah. Which might mean then like, if I'm right about that, that probably would mean Leo getting deposed. It would probably be in one you of mean our Orso? or Orso. Sorry, I'm like thinking, yeah, Orso, Orso getting. Leo does sound very kingly. <laughs> it does. It's true. Um, so this it is would... why also when I say that Orso is like the character that I most identify with, people are like, Therese's dad, the guy in Styria. <laughs> I'm like, no, <laughs> his grandson. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, but yeah, no, or so like that would probably mean or so getting deposed and going off to do something else or dying. And maybe one of our other main characters ending up as like prime minister or something along those lines. I don't know. So I just we'll see. I feel like there's going to be political shifts in some some sense. Well, I think there's one safe bet, and that is that there will be political shifts. Oh, well, of course. <laughs> Abercrombie series. Right. But I think that, well. but I think in that way, I think there's going to be a shift to a different political system on the surface. So could we'll see. Be. Maybe, could be. <laughs> maybe. Maybe, maybe. We'll find out in the next couple months. It would be a lie, because I do know, but I you don't do know. know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I take it you are looking forward to reading Trouble with Peace. I am looking forward to it. Yeah, I had a really good time with this book. Um, it's in uh, Trouble with Peace that yeah. I won't say like you know specifics, but um, mm -hmm. when I talked before about how in previous books he does the thing of like having chapters like you know where it ends and the next like it, the next perspective picks up where the previous one left off and they mm -hmm. like cycle. Like mm -hmm. in Trouble with Peace is when he does like his like Olympic level version of that. Where it's like, it's oh, all man. been practice okay. for this. <laughs> okay. I'm ready for it. 
So not to overhype it, but okay. <laughs> it's just so like, again, it's like, that's why I compare it to the Olympics. Cause it's like, if you watch a really hard, like gymnastics, you know, routine and they just like, they never wobble. There's never like, Oh, are they going to make it? They just like go through it like perfectly and they stick mm-hmm. the landing and they bow and you're just like, Oh, that was just <laughs> masterful. You make it look easy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm excited. I think it's going to be, it's going to be good. I'm enjoying the characters and yeah, so far so good. So far so great. Yeah. So we will be back next month with The Trouble with Peace. And uh, we're going to do On My Radar talking about recent and upcoming book releases in sci-fi, fantasy, and romance we're excited about. The books for today's episode, at least the ones I have, I don't know about Leanna exactly, but the ones I have will be released between September 20th and October 3rd, 2022 or thereabouts October 4th <laughs> beautiful just Love it. barely missed the cutoff there that's great um if you enjoy the podcast we would appreciate if you take a moment to rate and review us so we can continue to reach more listeners and also subscribe to us on youtube uh one thing is that about 50 percent of our watch time is from people who are not subscribed to our channel so if you like the content we're creating consider subscribing it does help us get a little bit closer to being able to maybe actually monetize and get advertising <laughs> revenue, which would be great. But so far, it's been fun. Um, if you're interested in getting early access to episodes, as well as exclusive bonus content with every episode, you can also consider supporting us on Patreon. All of those links are in the show notes or in the video description if you're watching us on YouTube. Huge thanks to all of our supporting patrons. You make what we're doing possible. And uh, let's go ahead and talk. I've got, I mean, I know Liana actually has a book, which is very exciting. I have five of them there's a lot of books coming out right now so um i'll do my september 20th one and then you can do your later one so september 20th is a romance we're getting a merry little meet cute by julie murphy and sierra simone the premise of this sounds really entertaining a plus-size adult film star accidentally gets cast as the lead role in a family-friendly like hallmark-style christmas movie (laughs) And uh, also ends up co-starring with her teen boy band crush. So it's a romance. And um, I think it's going to be fun. I haven't read it yet. But if you're looking for a holiday romance, that will be out September 20th. Or not for Leanna, but that's okay. Leanna, what do you have for us? If you're looking. If you're looking. I am not. If you're not, then, (laughs) you know, it's fine. (laughs) Uh, I have Dowry of Blood. Mm, Now we're talking. (laughs) It's, it was a self-pub book, but it is being released, um, like, traditionally on October 4th. Um, don't ask me who's publishing it, because I don't know. I think <laughs> there you go. I knew someone would know. Yeah. But it is the story of the Bride of Dracula, as told by the Bride of Dracula. And it promises to be lyrical. Blood and lyrical. That sounds like my jam. Yeah, and I think surprisingly romantic, from what I hear as well. I'm here for the lyricism and the blood. <laughs> I will put up with the romance. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah, no, I'm interested in that one too. I think I'm supposed to be getting a copy, so it'll be fun. Um, I've got four coming out September 27th. Witchful Thinking by Celestine Martin is another romance. This is like a small town witchy romance with two black leads. It looks cute. I don't know much more than that. Then what I'm reading right now, House of Hunger by Alexis Henderson. I am so far really into it. It is a horror novel with kind of vampires and I think is intended to be sort of a take on the Countess of Bathory, the the one who sort of like killed virgins for their blood. I'm aware of who that is. Mm -hmm. This is the part of this that I know about. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, so far it's really interesting, but it's like a fantasy take where there are blood maids, women who like are paid to give their blood for consumption to the wealthy because it supposedly like makes them young and heals them magically and stuff like that. So it's interesting. Yeah. The science totally checks out on that. 100%. It's okay. Um, And then we've got Leech by Hyren Ennis, which looks interesting. It's a gothic sci-fi, which, like, they're saying, like, Wuthering Heights meets Frankenstein. Okay, when you said sci-fi, I was, like, on a spaceship? No, like, like, uh, more like... Victorian (laughs) spaceship. It's not space. More like... um, 
you know, Frankenstein type sci-fi, but not, uh, I want to say there's something with like a virus or something. I don't know exactly, but it looks interesting. It's got a great cover. It looks very creepy. And then my last one is The Genesis of Misery by Neon Yang. This one is a, uh, it, what are, Joan of Arc in space, but queer. Didn't someone already do Joan of Arc in space? I have no idea. Maybe I'm mixing it up with something else. I know somebody did, um, like, King Arthur in space. Yeah, I know that too. Yeah. Anyway, I've liked Neon Yang's work in the past, so I think it should be interesting. So those are the books, if you're interested. Again, links in the show notes or video description. And, um, yeah, we will. I will be back next week episode in two weeks with izzy and we will be talking vampire academy i <laughs> i, I have the- peacock now so i could watch that you if you want to join us it's going to be fun we're going to talk about the first four episodes and i also read it. that's fine you would hate it i read it and it was it did not hold up well <laughs> anyway we're going to be talking about it it should be interesting maybe liana will join us in two weeks. Again, this has been Chapter 3 Podcast. We're your hosts, Bethany and Liana. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Chapter 3 Podcast and on our individual YouTube channels, all of which are linked below. Uh, The next episode will be available in two weeks, and this episode's bonus content will be available to patrons in the next few days. Thanks for listening.